And this is the Derby Mustache. We're live. We're here on a Wednesday, Wednesday evening, just shy of 9.30 at night. We were watching the Avs and the Dallas Stars duke it out in the semifinals. Dallas is winning 1-0 at the end of the first period. Is it the Stars? It is the Stars. Oh, I thought it was, thought it was the Starfruit. I would say the dragon fruit. I always thought their logo was like a little <clears throat> swollen butthole. I could see that. Yeah, nice clenched butthole with a dark D. <laughs> it's, right a, there. it's a constipated uh, Texas brisket butthole. I think you won't hear any argument over here, man. I, I do see it now. I was confused all this time. <laughs> you can never look away. Never. <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, middle of the week. We're trying something a little new instead of doing on the weekends. So uh, yeah, we're here, and I'm here with my my compadre here, my my co-host Dougie Damage. How are we doing? Bueno, bueno. Bueno, es bueno. ¿Qué pasó contigo? Eh, más o menos, no. Más o menos. Ya tiene loa. Ya está loa. Tiene loa. Tiene loa. Blato blomo. Yo estoy al chapo. They have some solid mustaches, the cartels, don't they? Oh, man. Not like the DA, though. I almost... I missed my calling. I should have been in the DEA. Look oh. at those fucking mustaches in that show. It just kills me. It slays me. I feel like such a... I've made every wrong decision in my life. If you had the glasses, the big fucking <laughs> 80s... Oh, yeah. You would fit. You'd probably have... Uh, you'd probably be the person to never fuck with a pen. You'd always have a pencil with you. If someone offered you a pen, you'd be like, get the fuck out I feel like the late 70s might have been like the best time ever like to be an old guy in terms of dating. I was like, the hairier you could get, the more like sweaty and uncomfortable you looked, the apparently the more attractive you were. Yeah, just to be the most natural. Yeah, just be out on a bright summer day in New York in like July in a big blue wool woolen uh, leather sh- leather shoot, you know, with a <laughs> with a dead raccoon for a haircut and like big old glasses and a forty pound mustache and a fucking lit cigar and just sweat beating down your. I mean, and these dudes were getting tail. All the while wearing those white New Balances. Yeah, that yeah. all the dads have. All the lightest clothes you can, so your pit stain, your sweat, like shows up as much as possible. Oh yeah, you never saw Fat Elvis in dark colors, man. He wanted everybody to know what was going on with every part of his body. You're like, dang, he does his performance and he doesn't break a sweat only on his face. His body must be cooler than a motherfucker. It's that '70s polyester, man. It sure is. But yeah, it's been a interesting sports week, kind of happening. We only got a couple more weeks till. Uh, you know, football kicks off on Thursday. We got baseball kind of going and got uh, hockey's in the second round for the most part. Basketball's in the summer in the second, summer in the first round. Well, most of hockey's in the second round. The Avalanche appear to still be in the first. They're in the second. They just beat the Coyotes. Oh, they haven't showed up to the second round yet, though. They're still hanging out with the Coyotes. They are there. They're celebrating. <laughs> I don't think they even scored a fucking goal yet. They're being distracted by all the women, you know? Come on, Abs, turn this shit around. But, uh, yeah, what do you, uh, as far as football coming up, it seems that's obviously the most exciting time of of Denver sports. So, how you how you feeling about the Broncos? We'll start there, and then we'll uh, gradually get bigger. I think this is a pretty, I think this is a pretty exciting uh, year to be a Bronco fan, I mean, you know? 
all things considered. Yeah. But uh, there's, I, I'm, I'm pretty far over on the optimistic side. It all, I think, I mean, all kinds of things can go wrong. But right now, it seems pretty clear to me. It seems that uh, it's you know all going to hang on Locke. But if Locke comes through and delivers, the Broncos are in a fantastic position on every phase of the ball, in my opinion. I think their roster is, looks great with Drew Locke working out. <laughs> if Drew Locke turns out to be a fluke and does and does a uh, a Baker Mayfield, then uh, yeah, I would start seeing the you know that offensive line's not good enough and etc. But I think that that has a lot to do with the play of the you know a lot of the things that plagues the offensive line. There were definite weaknesses that had to be addressed, and they were. And we maybe haven't been happy with the way they've panned out, but. I think that a great deal of the offensive line's productivity is based on uh, the effectiveness of the quarterback. And I just saw a night and day difference with uh, Bull, with Bulls and, I mean, pretty much everybody. I, I'm i still glad we got rid of that center. But well, um, Yeah, we got a national championship uh, winning center coming from LSU. I think that there's a high chance that this team looks incredible on paper. The defense should be better than it was last year. You never know, but... You know more pieces than we had before. I feel like it's upgrades across all several upgrades on defense, including Chubb being back. Uh, I'm counting that too. But yeah, that's a so the defensive unit is going to be, you know, maybe not as good as it was when they won the Super Bowl by themselves without the offense's help. But <laughs> they, right. uh, they're I think going to be better than last year. And then meanwhile, though, the story of the year, though, to me, this is my guess. But I think what's what people aren't might, maybe aren't anticipating. The, the surprise is going to be that this is going to go like that from being a defensive squad to an offensive squad. I see the this offense, if it clicks at all, with the, the depth and speed at tight end, depth and speed and talent at wide receiver, uh, depth and speed and talent at running back, depth and – I mean, even the, the upside to all the hell we've gone through with offensive line, is, it's kind of deep now. We've moved a bunch of guys around to try – we know what we got. We've, you know, we need to figure – apparently we still have that idiot from last year that didn't play. We got to right. deal with that. That's actually the worst thing I see on paper is that guy. Right. Well, Why so is he still on the roster? So let's break down position position on offense, right? Okay. So it makes it <clears throat> makes it a bit easier. So quarterback, we're satisfied with Locke. I think. I am. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't know. You know, there's not a, it's not a done deal, but there's not a it looks ex, pretty good. There's pretty much not a, a veteran. There's not a Flacco behind him. It's just a bunch of. I think there's one or two rookies. I guess. Right, and we go straight into the season, so there's no chance for preseason controversy, too. That's kind of nice. Right, there's no uh, yeah competition anymore. It's finally finally done with that. So we're kind of pretty much set on lock for our quarterback. We're riding yeah. the coattails. I mean, and it sounds like the organization is far more invested in him than we are, you know. They they were the organization was talking about Locke so much I thought it was an excuse last year so I, I didn't buy into Locke until the last second I was one of the last ones you were telling me about him and I was like oh who gives a shit cut him <laughs> let's get a new guy he would would you say Mrs Holder fuck him you know but then uh and I was like how good could this guy kid possibly be and all the players were like oh when Locke gets back we're gonna be fine but I just saw that as a way to like get the announcers off your back after every single game when you got your ass kicked every single game yeah. and so I kind of thought they were full of shit I was like yeah 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 you wish that this guy's gonna fix everything. And but then he like literally did the the offense started clicking, and once the offense clicked, then the uh, you know defense gave got a little room to breathe. When the passes were being when he was putting the ball in the middle of the, in the winnable areas instead of putting it where 
where Flacco was throwing it out of bounds. I don't know. He was give, giving guys a chance, and that opened up the passing, which opened up the running game, which took the blitz off, and then the offensive line was clicking. So all those things factor in for me. And so, like, I don't think we have to worry about our offensive line anymore as long as Locke continues where he left off. Then, right, let's, let's wait on the offensive line. That'll be next. Okay. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm running around here. All right. Uh, so the running back. So that you have... What can, what can you not like about that? Well, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, and Royce Freeman. That is sick. Who's starting and who's second string? <sighs> the guy that's been, uh, was it undrafted, pro bowler, who's rushed a thousand yards the last two seasons. Right. Against a guy who is, he is good. Melvin Gordon is legit. Yeah. But he has yet to play a full season with the Chargers. Or just in general, he's never played a full season. But when he's on the field, he can feel his presence. I feel like Royce Freeman is good. I just feel like he maybe hasn't had as much chances as as Lindsey possibly. Right. Um, I do like Freeman over Devin or uh, Devontae Booker. I think that yeah. was his name, Devontae Booker. Right. Booker was nice, but at this point, he's classed out. This this is a sick core halfbacks these all three of these guys could be starters i'd say that so which one if you're opening monday night against tennessee who you roll who you putting on first down god that's melvin a... or lindsey <coughs> i know and you can't even pull that preseason shit that's a downside but philip lindsey wishes there was a preseason this year i think everyone says they don't want a preseason but when you look at like who do you have and what you know, cutting down. Players. You can already feel the weirdness right now with what we're talking about, right? It's like, really? We're just going to run out there with fucking whoever? Right. I, I feel mean, like there should be at least a preseason game. You got to just see what you have. Yeah. You got to give those seventh and eighth string guys a chance to, like, make that play. And, you know, because for your own good, you don't want to miss out on that, you know? Right. There's been some key players in the past that without special teams or preseason, we don't get... You know, we don't get Terrell Davis. We don't get probably, I don't know. Sometimes we don't maybe get Philip Lindsay. Uh, I can't really mention off the top of my head at the moment of special team players or players. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like guys that I just can't remember, you know, now. But, you know, I'm sure there's been, you know, there's guys that. There's sparks or something. They show up. Yeah. And they're probably just going to be practice squad. And then they show up in preseason and kill it. And they end up five or six in that depth chart. And then they, they do something. I'm trying to remember how we got rod smith because nobody i was there at, i think you were in the womb but I, was, no. I don't know it was like no you probably would have been born yeah this would have been like 95 so you were like two but i remember his first catch and like it was a huge huge end of the game fucking hail mary win the game on one play just bullshit ass thing that but it was like and it was 50 yards but it was a big deal. and i remember when they, you know we're everybody's screaming and then the guy uh, the announcer calls off you know 50 yards received by rod smith and the crowd just goes silent we everybody stopped cheering we just won the game but everybody stopped because like who <laughs> checking checking the roster page yeah or he had never and it was like week eight this is way into the season this is like and, and then you know he's rod fucking smith yeah so it sure doesn't sound like he went into the uh preseason very high on the depth chart i'll say that i can't remember though 
Yeah, I don't know. I I, uh, I guess so. What, I mean, what would you do? Like, do you go with your free agent? That oh. you, I mean, you've got a big ego you just paid for. I mean, right. here's the other thing, right? Is that isn't so you got a guy like you said can only make it half a half a season. Typical Charger running back, and then you've got um, Philip Lindsay, who's you know, anytime you have an undersized back, you're expect you know that's one of the big big red flags on that. It's one of the big things. Can he make it? You know, 17 games. Um, being hit by guys that are three times the size. And so I think then also it's like, well, that's kind of why they add. That seems like in addition to just being a pretty cheap deal, I think for a caliber player, like it was pretty kind of a steal, but uh, I think always looking at insuring against him getting hurt. So now he's got two guys though in his mind that aren't quite going to finish the season. So I guess you could split them up pretty heavily throughout the year. I think is what I would do. Who, who walked, who runs out of the tunnel in the front with the starting 11. God, I just can't. I think, I think it's gonna go. Gordon's gonna start because we just paid him a good deal of money. Yeah, you can't insult a guy like that. So I think he'll start. Lindsey will may have to play second, third downs. Right. But I think with time and if the season plays out, Gordon's gonna get injured. Lindsey's gonna move up. Royce is gonna move up. And that could be the plan all along: is have a fresh Philip Lindsey in the playoffs, tearing everybody up. Yeah, give him a little break because, I mean, little men don't really last as long as, you know, a little bit bigger men. Not that Andy position. Woodhead, Darren Sproles. Yeah, no, they, they take a beating. They, you know, they do not. I mean, when they do get, when somebody gets them just right and lights them up, it's three times as much damage. They're getting hit by a truck. Yeah, so it could be a good move to, you know, save, save Lindsay a couple miles, a couple beating, but... I think that that's what's going to happen is Gordon's going to get hurt or Lindsay will get hurt. And then you're like Royce, Fre- Royce Freeman's going to see the ball. Yeah. He's, he's not going to just sit in, in the third, you know, third uh, string and just wait. He's going to play. And, and, and I feel like you've got these two intense speed guys and then Freeman's a little more balanced and there must be a certain rule for that too. Yeah. I didn't see anything about Freeman that made me like want him off the team. He was good. Yeah, just, he, but yeah, he just Philip Lindsay was so clutch, just creating something out of nothing so many times. It just poor guy didn't get a chance. Yeah. So I would say then we'll move to. I don't think we have a fullback anymore. I think we sold sold uh, whoever. Our... Yeah, that guy uh, Jankowski. Yeah, Jankowski went to got rid of him with no word of replacing him. It's like they're phasing that position out. Yeah. So that would move to the center, which we kind of talked about as far as we got rid of McGovern. Yeah. We hire, we got the guy, we got the center from LSU, uh, which I think was a good pick. He was uh, a captain on LSU. Uh, you know, he worked from, he worked in the shotgun, which is what Pat Shermer does. I think it's important to have close ages with your quarterback and center. I think that's good because yeah. they're going to be cutting edge. They're going to be more advanced offense than the rest of the team in a way because that you know the newest stuff out of college comes in with the youngest players and the college is where all the freaky experiments really happen all the you know well i think the oldest player is either melvin gordon or garrett bowles at 27 or 28 on, on the, the entire off- ro- on, on the offense. offense wow so it's a very young young offense it's like the nuggets right. it's a very young team it may take a year for them to start you know getting traction and start- that could be a Really good offensive line at home, though, with a mile-high advantage, plus they're all young, like, fourth quarter. 
you're not stopping shit. Nobody's yeah. getting to the quarterback in the last two minutes. It could be good. It could could work in our advantage. Yeah. But we'll yet. see. That's, that yet. is very young. An offense tends to be the more experience-oriented side of the ball. It's kind of backwards to have a younger offense than your defense. That's I think I think that's a little – I mean, it's not unheard of, but you generally you're – you can last longer in defense because you don't get hurt as bad. But, you know, the young guys, the speed and, and aggression and viciousness goes a long, longer way on defense, whereas on offense you have to memorize and study. And Yeah. So I, th- I, like, the, I like the center position. I, I like Cushenberry. I think he's a rookie. He'll get better over time. The Broncos could only step forward. You would do a better job at center than McGovern did. <laughs> you can snap the ball. I don't care whether or not you get fucking run over or you have to have a whole lot of You got to snap the fucking ball first. That's what one. They would have three people on, on my fucking snap hand. <laughs> and I would just pray to fucking God for that. It's like, all right, just stand still. Balls and eyeballs. Just, just fucking take somebody just, out. Just set a screen. <laughs> just set screens for, for, for the quarterback. Yeah, I think tackle. Oh. So it kind of sounds like, was it is Jackson, right? Was that his name? Carl, the Avs just scored. They just came oh. in the second period. It's tied. Sorry for the interruption. That's important. Now that's recordable. I can probably make this a little bit better. What's that guy's Jared? J- 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 What's that fucking tackle's name that we got from Jacksonville? Oh, oh uh, so we'll go left tackle, left guard. Which is Dalton Reisner. How can he? He became Col- awesome by the end of the year, I think. I Colorado think was- boy who fucking understands the Bronco way. So. <laughs> Plays the win, levels the score. He knows what it, what it takes. He, know, he's, he's know, he just knows what Denver football is about. A good old-fashioned Raider hater. How can you not love that? Yeah. So immediately, <laughs> we'll just skip because Dalton Reisner is a hero. We go to Garrett Bowles. They're not exercising his fifth-year option. Since he was a first round, you get that fifth year, fifth year option. They declined it, so it's pretty much, you know, make. So your, this is this is his year to make a name for himself or get cut, and then we get tackled uh, next year. Which, in my opinion, I thought Bowles got better. Obviously, he had his holding calls, but there were a couple of games where you don't hear his name. I think Mike uh, Munchak, who's a one of the top offensive coordinators, offensive line coordinators. Or coaches, I'm sorry. I think he's he's gonna help Bowles get better. You know, with time, he's uh, so I, I expect Bowles to. He's gonna have holding calls regardless. But I think it's it's gonna be. I think it might even be half of what what he got last year. Like he really was an improvement last year. But people want to look at that one people Bears need game. To, people need to take this into account for last season too. Yeah, that one game that had the two holding calls in like the fourth back quarter. Back or whatever. And they yeah. called it on someone else to not like... Oh. Well, here's the other thing though. People need to fucking real, be realistic and and admit the amount of pressure he specifically on that line was under because of the collapse that happened on the right-hand side of the line that ended up getting McGovern moved to center. The whole disaster came because the right-hand line because the implosion that happened from the guy we're going to talk about next. But because of that and the huge vacuum it caused and putting second and third string guys over there, moving everybody around, all the help went to that side of the line. All your double teams went to support that hole. All of your fucking halfback block chips went to that side because it was so bad. So Bowles was one-on-one against the number one pass rusher of every team. Every game, every play. Of course, a less tackle is always going to pass. Well, usually going to face the number one pass rusher. It's not always, but usually. Uh, but 
not every down. You're going to have help. Guys are going to slide over. They're going to do things. Every trick the Broncos had to could use to come up with to buy time to get that offense to click was burned up to keep the right the right side of the line was such a huge disaster that all the help went there. So and that's I think that was a major factor too. That Bulls was really going one on one with these beasts with no help because all hell was breaking loose on the other side. So now. <sighs> Yeah, I think. Well, I'm not totally convinced, you know, but I think that I, I'm. I think every, hopefully, everything will click. Then again, there's this other thing. What are we really gonna put this motherfucker back out there and let him have an emotional breakdown and just derail our entire offense again? I mean, the offense wasn't good before we got him. Don't let me get too carried away there. But boy, if that didn't guarantee that they didn't get off the ground last year, I don't know what else. What I, I don't. I think that was the most. That and Flacco were the two worst things that happened to the Broncos last year, in my opinion. Yeah, I did not like the the Flacco. I thought it was it was a wrong choice of words, but LA was like what he say? It was like we're we're trying to win, like this is a winning season, you know. Like I was like with Flacco, everyone's like, All right, let's see if this guy still has it and he clearly didn't. Um so that would bring us to the right guard, which was Ron Leary, but he got hurt and that was a hole that I don't even know. No, it was the other guy, though, that we had before him. At the beginning of the season, we got a guy from the south. I want to say it was Jacksonville. Uh, Javarius Jackson or Jerry? Oh, you're talking to Jawan James. Jawan James. That's the right tackle. But right guard was oh, Ron I'm Leary. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Ron Leary was from the Cowboys. He got his contract that if he got an injury, we kind of had to help hold on to him. He had like a no injury clause. So he's gone. He lived out his thing, or we cut him. Brought a guy from Detroit, something Glasgow. Apparently, he's he's solid. He starts all the time. You know, he's not the best technician, but he holds his own. Sounds like a run blocker if he came from Detroit's inside three. Yeah, he's probably a big bruiser. So I I, I think that's going to help out too in the in the in the middle too. Who actually played right guard last year? There's Leary, and then whoever their that backup was. I really mm. don't remember who well. was in there all the time. So I think Glasgow is going to be good. I think our both, excuse me, both guards are fantastic. We got a young center, a left tackle that just needs to prove to, you know, prove himself that this year is that I'm getting better. Sign me up, right. you know what I mean? And then that brings the right tackle, Juan James, which he's got hurt. He's opting out this year because of COVID, because he has some family. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I didn't hear this. So he's not going to play. He's not playing. So we're fucking saved. Oh, uh, then we got a guy from. Because uh, he got hurt. Come on now, that's not fair. Beyond, like he needs no, he to get full shame for the full. It well, wasn't think, just hurt. He got hurt, and then he had an emotional breakdown. Well, I think the coach calling him out didn't help either. <laughs> calling him out like that in the public and. Maybe there's another way you could have gone about it, but I think that definitely was like, yeah, when I'm not going to play this year also. Kind of sticking it to him, but we have... When the, which are you talking about the coach that said, when the coach said, when he gets over his emotional troubles? Yeah, physical, emotional... I don't agree at all. I'm like, you, you've been checked. Get the fuck out there and prove it. Yeah. You fucking pussy. Get off my team. I'm so glad that guy's gone. That caused a huge hole. That was $15 million last year. That was a huge, that was almost as much as we gave Flacco. Yeah. So his contract is extended another year because of this. 
So, so we're paying him this year and then we're done paying him after this or, or we're paying him for till this year and next year. I think two years because oh, it's, but we got it's uh, the worst deal always ever made the, of all the moves. The number one worst move of everything no. I've seen. That's worse than signing Flacco because he got out from under Flacco. He's not paying Flacco 45 million fucking dollars. No, worst move would be, I think it's the 2017 draft class. Like, I think there's only one player from that class that's still on the team. And it's 2020. Bad draft, huh? That was probably one of the worst drafts he's had. And I think they, they should have got Nelson, Quentin Nelson instead of Bradley Chubb. But then that means we may have may or may not have gotten Dalton, Dalton Reisner. But Quentin Nelson is an all-pro badass left guard. Yeah. So that's who I wanted, but we got Chubb. But now on the right tackle, Elijah Wilkinson is going to compete with uh, this veteran guy out of Tampa Bay. Um, I want Wilkinson in the right tackle because he got manhandled last year. Yeah. Every time we go against the Chiefs, they blitz. And I've seen him got bull rush and just push back. And just it's owned. So I'd rather have, I think it's Dotson something. Last name is Dotson. But he's uh, seems like he he was the right tackle for Tampa Bay for the last. I'm not impressed with the last tackle right tackle we got from the South, but whatever. I hope he's not as much of a hog. Yeah, I think that I just feel like I feel like what happened is that we got a big old huge bruiser from the South, thinking that oh yeah we're gonna get beefed up. It's like and we took him up into the fucking mountains, and his game went to shit, and he panicked and he can't breathe. He's having heart attacks and shit. He's like (laughs) and like so I just hope I hope we learned our lesson there. Yeah, we've we've always had every team that's won we've had is small in every sport. There's a fucking reason for that. You it's don't win in Denver when you're too big. You, you just don't. You've, it's, you've got to be more economic with your oxygen, period. Then our quarterbacks need to be Drew Brees or Kyler Murray, not these six-foot Hey, five. you're right. That's where the league's headed, I think. I think that's a big change coming up is that all the quarterbacks, everybody's going to go for 5'10", five, 5'11", five, guys if they can get their hands on them. I think I saw that. I saw a huge difference in watching guys like Flacco throwing versus guys like uh, – I mean, well, I'm not going to use um, – Mahomes, because that's he's too too good for fair comparison. So let's say, you know, Drew Brees or whatever the uh, guys that are you know five foot eleven. That it saves you like a whole half a second. You can get the ball out a lot faster. Watching, I mean, part of his Flacco sucked, but he sure made a tall quarterback look like so over to me. <laughs> like who wants to wait for somebody to cock that huge catapult and fling the ball? It takes too fucking long, man. Right. It really does change how fast they can set and throw if they have to move their feet anywhere unexpected. It's like a big. Well, difference. If, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be moving to more of a uh, the RPO, you know what I mean. More your quarterbacks on the movement a little bit more. Yeah. Then when things start looking like the Seahawks or yeah, shorter people are more graceful too. Let's just admit that. Yeah. It takes tall guys forever to stop tripping over their own feet in school. Like, the taller you are, the more fuck, the, the, the more you're, like, almost a helpless cripple walking down the halls the later your age. I remember a kid who was, like, six foot five in sixth grade. That motherfucker couldn't do anything, man. He was, he, he was awesome at basketball and football, except he couldn't even – he would literally tackle himself. <laughs> 13 years old, can't run fucking 20 feet without tripping over his own feet. I'm sure he's a beast now. See, he just needs to do different. He's too tall. Do different bounce techniques. <laughs> I, I I fell a couple times, but it's rare for me to fall. I'll stumble. 
or someone's coming after me there's a there's a couple times where i'd like kind of just like hunch over and just rely and people just be on top of me and it's like i'm just barely moving <laughs> but i can't no one will like get me down what sport is this football just when i was younger okay, yeah, yeah just have the football and people get on me and it's just like i'll just kind of like crouch down and people just get on me and i'm just like still like moving waddling over <laughs> so there's that technique <laughs> well if you if you squat that you got those freakish grasshopper legs so if you actually like brought your hips down for a second and then they all climbed on then you could just stand up and they can't touch the ground anymore i think it yeah. sounds like what you kind of did to get elevation sickness <laughs> altitude sickness and then uh or at the tight end so the offensive line we've got a we've got question marks on the right i feel like in my book it's our tackles it's, i would give the most problems is our tackles or the okay. tackles um the center is going to have a couple of problems he's a rookie but i I think with Reisner and the Glasgow additions, those are two guys that are going to help him. But even I think Gerald Casey, who they got from Tennessee and all pro, seems like he's just a, you know, wrecking ball de- de- uh, defensive tackle. I think he's going to show him some tips. So, yeah, I give Christian Berry, you know, probably like three sacks, you know. Right. But I think he's going to learn by we're, game. We'll see a couple mishaps, I think. But I also expect it's UCL or uh, it, just say uh, LSU. So yeah. that's that's not like you know. I mean, rookie is a is a very minor minor accent when you're using talking about a couple of you know those huge college clubs, especially in a year when they won. That's that's a guy who's been playing under insane pressure every game. You know. Yeah, you're playing the best of the best on SEC. Yeah, a hundred and fifty thousand people in the stands or whatever. Maybe not quite that high, but it's more than more than like mile high in some of those places in the south man yeah and then it's uh, over 100 yeah it's yeah just give it time and i think they'll be fine uh wide receiver tight end tight ends so we have noah fan everyone's kind of high on him he had a good second half of the season last year <coughs> excuse me then we drafted uh What's his name? Henry Abunamue, I think is how you say it. It's a tough, tough last name. <laughs> but he's from Mizzou. So him and Drew Locke played together. They have connections. That's going to be worth some money there, for so, sure. So I think that's why they drafted him. Jake Butt is coming off of IR. Whoa, forgot about him. He's but still... He has three eight torn ACLs. Three? That's why he's... He keeps three ten in the same ACL? I think he's toward one twice and one so he's out there he's trying it out i don't know if he'll make the team poor guy jesus i think there's another guy there's a fourth guy that's probably in the play but i remember everybody was really really excited about jake but whenever we drafted him back in like 2003 (laughs) (laughs) but i didn't know how much you know he had a funny name so I didn't get too hyped on it. I was that like, that probably well, carried some weight as far as popularity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Would have been a great jersey to have. Yeah. So those are the tight ends. I think no offense going to win it, but depending on. I mean, that's op- stacked, though, you know? 
that's a deep tight end core. That's a dangerous potentially young, young as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe we we don't know how Butt's gonna be able to. He just you have to you have to go in fifty fifty with a guy with that track record. It's like okay, but you know the other two and nothing against him. And if he comes and triumphs over this, I'll be super badass, right? But as a coach, you're looking at this like, and we've Jake Butt also is a. Available in emergency. <laughs> it's, it's like you're not. Who knows though? Maybe this guy's really good. But even then, just the two guys. The Broncos don't use a lot of two tight end sets that I've seen. Maybe if they do start using them, we'll need that third guy. But one, anyway, those two guys. A connect, an old. I'm excited. That's exciting. I mean, I think that we've only begun to see Noah Fant. I think he's going to improve radically this year. I really expect that out of him. Um, for a bunch of reasons I won't ramble on about just you know second year player all the things fit plus he had his first half of the year he had a horrible quarterback you know I don't I think he's gonna really develop and then this guy that the dude already has chemistry with um you know that's so you got two guys that are touchdown threats right there right most lots of teams don't have one guy tight end that can do that and then that brings us to the wide receivers got Cortland Sutton Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick. Um, who's the other guy? I think this is his name, Austin. Austin Keene or something like that. He he was good last year in the preseason. Then he, I think he tore his ACL or something like that, but he actually looked pretty promising. Huh. So I think he's a, either the fifth option. Uh, KJ Hamler, or so Jerry Judy was our first pick this year. KJ Hamler was our second. He got hurt. We have a couple people in tra- training camp that are getting hurt. I think we have like five injuries. Good. They're going hard. Or going soft. <laughs> they're growing soft, <laughs> training hard. Uh, they need to look at all their drills and figure out what the fuck they're doing everybody's ACLs. <laughs> they need to be like, okay, oh, what, uh, are we, what are we doing wrong here? Was it Hamilton? Deshaun Hamilton was the other one. Yeah, I was, I was about to ask you because you didn't re- read him off. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that. Well, go ahead. What do you think? I mean, with this, with Andrew, with injury, with KJ Hamler, that. I mean, I don't know if we really needed a wider, a second wide receiver like that. I thought we would get maybe a corner, linebacker, you know, something other than a. Because you got Sutton and Jerry Judy, you just. I mean, it's for most teams. You're not going to have two legit corners. You're not going to have like a Jalen Ramsey and a, on both sides. Yeah, and a Revis. You know, it's rare that you're going to get two of those guys. Yeah. So, so I was the like, second guy can really cause problems. Right. One of them is going to get open regardless. Yeah. But then you add another guy who's kind of like Tyreek Hill, small, fast, perfect build for a slot receiver. Exactly. So I do like what I saw in some tape on him. I thought he was. I mean, he's got some burners. He can really outrun some people. So you got him in the slot, and you got Noah Fant on tight end, and then you've got Lindsey coming out of the backfield. And or then you've Gordon. got Or Gordon. And then you've got Sutton on one side, and what's Judy. Judy on the other. That is a dangerous amount of speed on the field at one time. That is a crazy, crazy and, armament. And then the way that Pat Shermer runs his offense is three wide and a running back. So it's pretty much shotgun. That's what the center's used to. That's what LSU ran pretty much 90% of the time, the shotgun. Good. Melvin Gordon is from the shotgun. Royce Freeman is better in the shotgun. Uh, this gives the wide Definitely receivers. Definitely fits Philip Lindsay style, too. 
It could. He just needs. I think the only knock on him is re- receiving as a running back. Yeah, it's got. I think it's improved, but that's if he's improved in the off season, then he's just gonna right. just make Gordon. I'm pretty just sure look he's been stupid. I'm pretty sure he's been addressing that. I should hope so. That guy seems to have a fucking crazy heart. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure he's not sitting here eating potato chips right now. So I think with that, the offense in general, I think is set. It's kind of like the Bengals in a weird way. Like put Joe Burrow from LSU in a shotgun type of team. It's not unnatural for him. He's not going under center. He's going to actually, I think that team fits Joe Burrow more than most teams. Yeah. Just because he's used to that formation type. He's not going to get lost and confused and not know how to handle the situation. So I think things that are put in place are for more opportunities for Denver to score more passing touchdowns. You're going to see, I think, longer, more passing plays instead of these cheap slants or uh, these reverses. Trying to go over the top. Go go big. I think you're going to see some bombs. I feel like I see that in Drew Locke's attitude. I like that he goes for that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it was just kind of, I think that was the one thing that they were trying to buy when they signed Flacco. I think the nature of that mistake is you got to remember the AFC Championship before the Broncos won the Super Bowl and the fucking Ravens and just Flacco. But he had Bolden out there and he was just playing, he was just playing 500 with him. Just yeah. chuck it down. Bolden was just getting everything, just killing everybody. And I think it was how good Bolden was. And I think everybody knew it, but the Broncos were desperate. Everybody else got signed. And then you couldn't help that voice in your head was, well, what if Joe Flacco just throws the ball 50 yards and we just go up again? What if he just has some, what if he really is that good? Maybe he is, I don't know. Because he did it to us specifically, you know? It was like, yeah. so I think that's what that's what they tried to buy from him. And he came and we, and we ended up getting like this really slow seven, version seven of David years Carr. Later. Yeah, yeah, seven years later. Fucking pull him out of retirement, you know? Not the greatest idea. So looking, looking at the offense, looking at new offensive coordinator, new center, new right tackle, and the extra running back, and uh, an extra tight end. You got two more wide receivers added on. What what grade do you give the offense right now, preseason? As a wild? unit, or for how they developed? Just as far as from last year, let's let's call it. Let's call it when Drew Locke started. Let's not look at Flacco. Okay. Let's look at when Locke took over those last five games. And we took it in. He's four and one. He's had he struggled against Kansas City. Struggled. The Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Right. We struggled with the Raiders at the end of the season. We got lucky that they went for two at the end of the game. And we know that because we were in the south end zone. We were there and saw it. it was right in front of us. So where do you see it? What grade do you give the offense? A, F, uh, a through F. And where do you think they'll rank out of the 32 teams offensively? I'm pretty, I, I, you know, I'm a home, home, I'm a Denver Bronco fan my whole life. <laughs> so I'm probably biased. But man, I mean, I give this offense With the I'm debating if I could even call it an A minus. You know, there's a couple. The, the line's not perfect, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be dominant. I think this is going to be. Uh, 
I would, you know, if it was Madden, I would call this offense a 91 or a 93. Close, Whoa. you know. I think it's that. I think it's crazy good. Again, it all figures on lock. But here's another thing we haven't talked about. Av scored again. Landeskog. You see Landeskog? Oh, Landy making up for the blue line fuck up. Way to go, Captain. Good job. Glad I thought, to have I thought women were the one, only ones that held on to grudges. <laughs> so, uh. So yeah, I think the, the, here's the other thing. That people um, also that's I think is one key I want to say about the wide receivers is uh, Cortland Sutton, and I think uh, fuck, what was uh, yes Judy. last year? No, last year's the, oh, Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Hamilton. Deshaun Hamilton. Um, Sutton and Hamilton are I think we're gonna see whole new versions of them that we they are they are better players than we even realize also. I wouldn't be surprised if Sutton and Hamilton do so well that our draft picks are rookies and they end up backing them up and squeezing in here and there. I don't know about the Judy we paid so much. She's probably going to be out there a lot. I'm not saying that, but I mean, I wouldn't, ex- I'm not expecting Hamilton to just be kicked to number four necessarily because we didn't see, like you said, the difference in Flacco and Locke, like, I saw their entire style of play change when Locke went in, and I don't think it was just psychological. I think it was because... See, this is where we... I think we kind of disagreed a little bit in the past. But, yeah, keep All going. All right. Um, so, I see a huge difference. Cortland Sutton's running on the sideline. Joe Flacco throws it and lobs it up on his far shoulder out of bounds in the safest possible place so that if he th- aims his throw perfectly and times the run perfectly and all that's perfect and the quarter corner can't get there and knock it down, it's going to drop in nice and safe and then nobody's theoretically basically going to pick it off. And what ends up happening is they keep trying to time this super delicate route and it usually doesn't work and very little happens. Whereas Locke takes that same play and he throws what you didn't like to see, what you consider reckless passes, which could be but Mahomes is reckless as all flying fuck the Mahomes chucked fucking like duck balls all day long but he did it and he got away with it he outperformed his opponents I think that Locke does a similar thing so here's an example Locke will throw it to the inside of Sutton on his inside shoulder in the when he thinks it's the right situation is my theory here this is my point <laughs> you believe he's chucking up a reckless ball and he's not thinking about it i believe he's looking at sutton and knows that sutton has position and sutton is expecting it and he's putting it where sutton can easily get it different philosophy flacco is putting it where the defensive back can never get it but he does, he's very putting very little effort energy or very little focus into whether or not sutton can get it all his most his primary thing is don't let the defense get it Locke is looking at it as get it to Sutton, which is more dangerous, but also look at all the plays that open up. And especially my point of this with the wide receivers is look, I think Sutton looked like Sutton looks like Jerry Rice or something at the end of the season. He did things I didn't know he could do the whole two years I've been watching him play. None of these guys have given him a ball where he was like, got a, where he really got to go up and fight for it. Like Bolden did, used to do, you know, and like he showing that he can do a lot of he can do ninja flips and shit. The guy's dope. So that's the difference I see. And because he's of his more aggressive play, yeah, he's gonna throw a couple picks, but he's gonna get a lot of touchdowns. And I think that we're gonna see that Desha- that that Deshaun Hamilton and Cortland Sutton are actually even better than we ever realized. We haven't even seen them do their tricks yet because they haven't been given inside like like winnable balls. They've been getting these these safe things on the fucking sideline everything's like on the edge of out of bounds so it doesn't go up you know anyway i think you're wrong on two two points <laughs> all right i think flacco doesn't throw bombs on the opposite shoulder to the end zone or the sideline 
I think he checks down, he throws at the line of scrimmage and hopes for the best. So he throws probably well, to 20 yards to his right or 20 yards to his left. But then it's the same thing. He's throwing it at their feet so that it's away from the defender completely. And then they're, no, maybe they catch, maybe they don't. No turnovers. Just no fucking touchdowns. I didn't like Flacco, but. Yeah. See those um, same balls though inside. He's going to, Locke is going to put it up high where they can catch it and they can the break one, the tackle. Then the one game where he was reckless, but you loved was the Houston game. I think that was his first or second start or maybe it was his first away game. But that was when like we blew out Houston. I think it was like 35 to 14 or something like it. We, the Denver, Denver just beat them. But yeah. there, were, there could have been two to three plays where if he, if that defender looked right. a half a second, even if that just turned around, those are picks. There's a, one that could have been a pick six. So he's just guessing like, oh, I'm just zing it right in there. And the same thing, I forget what quarterback that he's kind of like where he does the same thing where he just chucks it and hopes for the best. And it's like, but you don't like that, but you like that Drew Locke just can sling it wherever just because it worked barely. Flacco won a Super Bowl that way. No. <laughs> no. I think he has potential. I'm just not sold in five games. Sure. It all depends on how if if he continues where he left off, if he's dominant, if he's a if he's a you know, if he's a top ten quarterback, then watch out because he's the top ten quarterback, I think. It is debatable, obviously, but I think that he's on that list of the teams with like the most weapons. Yeah. I think also that because he's younger and it's a younger offense, maybe the players do relate to him a little bit more. He's more, you know, musically. Oh, Gibson, get out. She has fucking daggers as teeth. These are the puppy teeth. But I think because he's younger and the whole team, the oldest guy is like 28 on the offense. I think that he just relates to these people a little bit more. They're all on that same level right. as far as, you know, being youngsters. Instead of having an adult, a Flacco, for instance, coming in there who may or may not relate. This is all your fault. You guys don't know anything. I'm a Super Bowl champion. You fucked up. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's take five. We can pause it or something. Then uh, I'll go take her outside and see if she can chill out for a minute and then... We'll do defense, I guess, or whatever. Other sport. Yeah, we'll do. Uh, we'll break down the uh, defense, and uh, yeah, we'll go from here and be cool. back in a second. One, two, three. Go, cool, and we're back. Took a little, little breather, but we're back here. Avs finished the second period. It's three-one. Uh. Avs look pretty good. They're responding a lot better. It seems like they're more on on their shit, finally. So That been, second period sure felt like they had some serious, uh, a different different attitude, different intensity, confidence, all that. I agree. And, and they're uh, very snarky. Yeah. And I think I think <laughs> I mean this I think this one this uh this game is more you know, more evenly evenly matched like Dallas is I think they're number three in the West I think is how they finished so Avs are number two Dallas is three so it's not like it's 
this should be a walkthrough and they're in the same division too so they've seen each other quite a bit right so i do expect abs to definitely struggle but i mean so far it seems that uh they can just hold on to this lead i think that's a good momentum it's gonna be 2-1 2-1 dallas who'd have thought that the abs and the nuggets would be back to the wall this bad a week and a half ago a week ago you know yeah it seemed like we were so good not you know not too long ago and then it just crumbles it's like the rockies fell they have a statistic of them how they're playing yeah and it was the exact same their chart was the exact same of their logo of, <laughs> of a mountain <laughs> it was literally i was like damn that's embarrassing we gotta change that logo dude we gotta get like a mountain that just goes up yeah, it never stops yeah like a cliff with like a dude hanging off of it you know like it's a guy from up cut me off let me go son it's a, a gigantic it's not worth it <laughs> it's a gigantic incline with the guy from up with some helium balloons <laughs> that'll be the new logo <laughs> balloons like is he high no he's not high he's on the mountain but the uh, nuggets hopefully have another performance in them yeah, did you see last night? No, I wish I did. I was, I'm afraid to watch after what's been. I'm like, why would I put myself through that? So you believe in superstition like that? If I Not watch, even superstition. I... It's like I believe in like watching my team get slaughtered by 50 fucking points two games in a row is not fun. So if they're on a slide like that, I'm going to be like, best of luck to you. I'll kiss my little cross or whatever. Hmm. But I'm not subjecting myself to that psychological torture. Not three hours of watching people fuck up, you know? Yeah. I love the Nuggets, but uh, man, that's just those give us, yeah, especially the damn Utah Jazz. That's rough. And two of those <laughs> yeah. guys were supposed to be Nuggets too. Two of them? Who's the other one? So Rudy Gobert, the center, tall Frenchman. Uh. We drafted him in like the twenty third pick or thirty something. Like he, we got him late, and then we got Donovan Mitchell, who's the guy that's pretty much tearing us Throwing up fifties. And but we already had apparently there was a deal already in place for things to switch over yeah but every time i mean looking at those two we got two-time defensive player of the year with gobert he's just he's just Something a rim protector Jokic is probably never going to win that particular award you'd be surprised yeah <laughs> i was like he might be the greatest center of all time but he's never gonna be defensive center of the year that's fair <laughs> I mean, if he can rebound, assist, score, and put triple There's doubles. a lot of titles out there he can get. That's not the one. So it's like, which, which one would you rather have? A guy that can score, do, you know, triple doubles, or a guy that's defensive player of the year back-to-back? -back? Seems like uh, the guy doesn't get the triple doubles against the guy that's defensive player of the year, and that's a big problem for the Nuggets right now. Well, he can score and go better. Like, they actually, when they play each other, it's... He doesn't have no triple doubles? I would have to look that up. Like, you know, I'll look it up right now. In the series, really? In the series, no. But no, yeah. let's go. Like, only look up head to head real quick. But yeah, last. Uh, well, in this series, he needs to have a triple double. It's due. It has. Uh, you feel like uh, there might be a, a leadership shift on the court, going more and more towards uh, Murray. Uh yeah yeah. Which I think. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I, I kind of feel like it, it almost you know I don't know I, 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 the more I look at it and see Murray becoming a leader the more I feel like you know Jokic is an awesome player but he's just one of the guys you know he's not and it would be hard being the only guy that's from Russia you know with a bunch of Americans and you're like out there supposed to just be like leading all the time that's I just don't feel like that he that he really 
uh, that he's really that much of a leader so much. He's just, he's a team player. I feel like Jamal Mur- Jamal Murray is starting to. I think, yo, uh, Murray. So Murray and Jokic got paid this off season, rightfully so. They're the two young superstars of this team. So I I feel comfortable on the way that uh, made six wins in their past eight Um, I think Jokic. I think Jokic has. Yeah, this was February fifth. This is like right before right before lockdown. And his he had a uh, thirty points, twenty one rebounds, ten assists. Well, it's good. We need to do that in the series, then, huh? Yeah, we need more of that. So we'll see. No room for errors now. No. But at least they did, you know, they've done something. I don't know. You just, it's frustrating because then I don't mean to bash on them because I do think that the frustrating part is they are the better team. Or at least I thought they were. Yeah. (laughs) You know, maybe, you know, maybe we're seeing this young jazz team become something that is going to be really special. Yeah. You know. Oh, but to your question, I could see why people on other podcasts, they have a guy behind the computer to just type this real quick and so you don't get distracted. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I think so. Jokic and Murray got paid, uh, you know, big contracts for multiple years. So I think with that, I think Murray definitely took it upon himself this off season, not quarantine, but before this season, he went to a, like a uh, Kobe Bryant school, like a not a helicopter school. I hope. Yeah, not a helicopter oh, okay, school. Good. Um, <laughs> but it was like a, a school where like certain players would go and they'd get better you know learn from them and you could definitely tell Murray from this year to last year defensively is is uh, night and day he's more on the ball he doesn't flinch as much as far as biting on things so he's he's can score about 18 19 points a game um, I think he can actually shut down whoever's in front of him the majority of the time where if you said that last year there's no way that it's he's just he didn't really have a good defensive presence but since no one's really stepping up Jokic is too shy or whatever the reason is I think Murray had to take it upon himself he's the point guard he has to be vocal yeah um I think he's He's definitely shown he's showing it in this year alone, definitely the playoffs too, that he's gonna be the one that's gonna be be more vocal. He's gonna be the one that's gonna you know, take charge and it's like if you're gonna do this, if this is how we're gonna play, then I'm gonna just ball hog, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just have to do it my damn self if no one else is gonna do it. So I like that kind of mambo mentality and that like you know, I'll get it done then if no one else will. So I do like yeah. that, and he's a young guy, and he's, yeah, I think he's he's the leader of the team, and I, I think it's shown this this series. Maybe after Joker has played for t- ten years here or something, you know, you could expect that of a guy. But like, you know, the dude in Dallas wasn't running things for the, forever until you know you're the outsider. You're imagine being the only American on a Russian team, and they're like, all right, you're the leader. You go fucking. 
you know, and you're just trying to fit in. It's just, yeah. you, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I don't think it's, I, I, I think this is more natural and it's a more natural position. Like I said, point guard. Yeah. So I think, I mean, there's three games where he has had over 35 points in this series. Yeah. So he's, he's definitely making known that he can score. He can defend. He's not scared of the moment, which uh, I appreciate from him. Um, but before we went on our break, we were talking about uh, Denver kind of breaking them down as far as, you know, where do, they, where do they lie offensively, but we didn't touch on the defense pretty much at all. Um, so what I would like to do on this one would be we'll break down from, I have this alph- alphabetically, which would be the uh, the cornerback situ- uh, situation. Chris Harris Jr. went to San uh, San Diego slash Los Angeles. <laughs> He's a Charger, and so we brought in AJ Boye, who was on Houston, was on Jacksonville the last couple of years when Jacksonville had that sick ass defense. Um, so they brought him in, Bryce Callahan from Chicago, who didn't play last year. But he's familiar with Vic Fangio. So it seems like his foot, I think it was his foot or his knee, seems to be better. He's been practicing with the team. Um, Devontae Bosby, I don't know if you remember him from last year, but I thought he was a really good number two cornerback. And then he, I think he, he had a, a collision on the field that like almost like broke his like neck or something like he had a really terrible uh incident on the field but i thought he was a a really good cornerback i don't know if you remember bosby or not Mm. you have duke don uh duke dawson uh devontae harris michael ojumudie who's who we drafted isaac yadam your boy on madden your project (laughs) and then we have uh that's defensive back. Asan Bazi. Don't know who he is. But from Isaac Yadam to Bosby here. How do you feeling about the corner situation now that Chris Harris is gone? They brought uh you know, a new new one cornerback moving in. You think that this this uh this room is is gonna wake it? Who else is missing? Both of the starters are not on this list. What do you mean? This is just the cornerbacks, not free safeties or anything yet. Uh, um, no, I just I think it looks pretty stacked. I think that they're they're gonna. I think that. Uh, you think they're Boye, stacked? I think Boye is is an improvement over the way that where Harris is at in his career. Really? Potentially. I feel confident that he could be, yeah. I feel, you know, um, you're, we, you never know what you're going to get out of the, the rookie. He could be a, a big factor. But I think that they've got, I think that's a good, that's a very, I think that all, all those guys sound, sound at least good to me. Yeah. I, and they're not all superstars, but. Uh, I don't see any real weaknesses that I know of on that list. I know you don't like Yadam so much, but he's I think Yadam's a really good utility guy, and I think he's you know he's still young, so I like the potential. I like his size because the Raiders always find some mutant to put out there that's like six foot eight, 
and we never have the corner that can cover him. <laughs> so we never do. You have to keep that guy on. on you have the Adams our tallest fucking corner. So there's a value to that to me. With for the speed he has at his size. Well, Bosby's, well, and it's taller, but I don't like Yadam. I oh yeah, that I've never heard of Bosby. That's why I hadn't, I haven't dealt with that yet. He's, I think Yadam gets burned. I've heard he gets burned in practice. He lets the big plays happen. They pick on him when he's on the field. <laughs> so I'm not the biggest fan of Yadam. Uh, I'm not expecting him to start, but I think he's a decent, you know, guy to have on the depth chart. But you know, whatever. He might not even make the team with the list this big. Maybe. Uh, I like the AJ Boye pickup. Uh, to know on this offense or this defense is the most expensive defense this year. Always spent the most money on defense going into free agency and defense in general. Huh. Um, Bryce Callahan, I think, is a better slot corner is what I've heard. That's where he fits the most. So I think if we get a guy that can stop the Tyree Kill, I think that could be very valuable. No. And then I would probably put Bosby as a number two. Let's move out to the. Let's see, safety. Pretty much on the safety. We got Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson. And we got two other young guys. Got uh, Coleman and Holder. But I think with Simmons getting the free agent free agent bill there, where he's getting paid, I think, like $14 million. I think he's probably the best tackler on the team. Uh, so I... I don't know if he's going to play after this year with the contract that he got. Uh, Kareem Jackson seems to be a hard-hitting, you know, uh, veteran kind of going on. But, uh, yeah, I like our safeties at the moment. Then, uh, let's see. All right, three. Two, one. Cool. As far as the uh, the uh, safeties with Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, do you feel like those guys are just going to be pretty much the starters, not missing any time? Yeah, those I hope day so. Ones? Yeah, um, definitely hope so. They're it's a pretty solid unit, especially having Chubb back. Yeah, and then uh, kind of on the yeah the linebackers. I feel like the uh, yeah Chubb Miller the the addition of Jarrell Casey of the defensive line, uh, Alexander Johnson who I thought was pretty good as far as uh, tackling last year. I thought he really made his like Fangio found a hidden gem, kind of like Madden, Josie Jewell. Your boy is still on the team. Surprisingly, <laughs> he doesn't do he doesn't get much action. Um, yeah, I think I think if Chubb is if Chubb is healthy, doesn't get hurt, doesn't strain the ACL, I think that he 
I think he'll be a difference maker because you have Casey, you have Miller. So it's just kind of relentless, relentless pressure on the quarterback. It could even be uh, it'd just be good pressure I think I think Alexander Johnson's gonna have uh, I think a really surprising year probably the one of the few players that are gonna be kinda undervalued I would say or underappreciated as for the most part um yeah, I think honestly the one of the biggest biggest addition is going to be Drill Casey in the middle. I don't think we really had a, a strong defensive tackle the last couple of years. Derek Wolf getting hurt, letting him go. So I really I think this is one of the this is going to be probably close to the 2015 defense. I'm hoping so. It's got a chance. Yeah. I uh I would say if you spent if they spent the most money on defense and they're trying to imitate Kansas City on offense. And, it, you know, you get a good, you know, a good grading system as far as the experts go, as far as the draft. I think Denver's in a good position as far as probably coming in second in the AFC West. I mean, I don't think Kansas City's going to fall or stumble too much. They really didn't lose any players. Seeing uh, the Chargers, they have a... They have a pretty nasty defense. Harris, Bosa, Melvin Ingram, Derwin James. Starting over from completely scratch on offense, though. A little bit, yeah. They've drafted a quarterback, so they're trying to, you know, either A, develop him or put him in now. (laughs) They got Tyrod Taylor, who played in Buffalo. It was actually pretty, I thought it was was, pretty decent. Yeah. Um, They have, uh, what's his name? The uh, wide receiver Keenan Allen. They have uh, Austin Eckler, who actually went to Western State up in Gunnison. So he's a Colorado huh. uh, college guy. Uh, Raiders. I think their stadium is probably the coolest out of all the stadiums. That's probably what they have going for them. Uh, I just, I mean, Raiders are Raiders. John Gruden. I think he's. I don't think he's done developing, getting his team. To we'll see. This is a big year for finding out, like if, uh, like you know, sink or swim. Like I, this is either he can't have another average ass year now. It's time. No. So either this is when we find out. Yeah. Does he pass his time, or is he this genius well, that has one more show left in him? Do you think it's on Gruden or Derek Carr? Do you think like he Gruden wants Derek Carr? Or do you think? It's I mean, I think that uh, I guess at that point, isn't that still on the coach because you're the one that keeps him in? Yeah, I mean, as far as it, it definitely can't be an excuse this year. Yeah, I think. I mean, I like Gruden. I like his his uh, you know his, his humor. I like the way he approaches the game. I think he's a meme, a walking meme. Right. But uh, yeah, as far as AFC West. I mean, it's kind of up in the air as far as I think Oakland is, I think, our biggest competition as far as finishing in second and third. I think Chargers are coming in last. I see the AFC West as Oakland and this year as Oakland and Los Angeles and then Denver and 
Sorry, my phone's trying to talk to me. Uh, I see it as Oakland and L.A. on one end, and then Denver and Kansas City competing. Like those, I just see it as two different divisions within a division. I don't think that Oakland's anywhere near scaring me right now. That could be wrong, but Oakland looks like they're still rebuilding. I don't think they're going to put anything special together, not with Carr still in there, as you pointed out. I think that Seattle clearly is going to have some growing pains with all the massive changes they've made to the structure of their offense. I just don't see that just just coming out and everything being hunky-dory. But then again, they kind of lucked out. This is the all year to pull a stunt like that when the defenses are all disorganized and nobody got to run preseason and nobody yeah. got to practice. So they might actually, who knows, maybe they'll be a threat. And I just don't put it past the Broncos. Like I said, I'm maybe overexcited, but this Broncos offense has, yeah, we don't have Mahomes, but we have better weapons at every position around them. Yeah. And a better defense. And clearly, already, without the moves they made. The, the Kansas City's defense was average at best last year. And Denver's defense is what carries them so far. Is what, what little success they have has a lot to do with their defense. Now, all of a sudden, but we'll see. Again, it comes, I guess, right? That offense. What do you think about uh, – I'm, I'm excited to see. I feel like there's a big – a lot to see with the whole uh, Belichick and Brady being separated now. The pressure's on both of them, I guess, to kind of... If one of them sinks, it makes the other one look that much better. If one of them succeeds and one of them sinks, it, destroy, it really wrecks the other one's memory yeah. significantly. It takes a big chunk out of it. Yeah, I think... Uh, I think that... Uh, Whoever does better gets to take the credit for the dynasty. This is how it works out. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it's going. Who has the most wins? Yeah. I mean, I've... I mean, Brady probably got the better of the deal. He got to choose. He got to sit back got and get offers. Got to plot his moves so he could go and try to turn some around and make himself look even better. Yeah, I think he has a better offensive core than what he had in uh, New England. Belichick's left holding the check. Yeah, or they're playing for, you know, maybe this is the, the plan to get Trevor Lawrence or I think it was a J.K. Playing for draft picks. Trying to get the next top guy to just do another 20 years at the helm. <laughs> when will the draft be if half the teams don't play until fucking January or July? Yeah, do you forfeit? Do you keep going? This is going to be weird. There's going to be a lot of weird, a lot of winged changes. Yeah, this whole COVID thing definitely just screwed up the season. Hopefully in a year or two, it'll just be back on track. You know, I hope this doesn't like the new norm as far as like see the football or sport schedules just getting shifted. Yeah, this is going to be like this massive task to erode them back into position. Because people forget that when you're in when fall, like winter sports are the best because you're not trying to be outside in the cold. You <laughs> want to be inside. You want to be watching games. So you have right. three sports going on and you could. Just be inside, warm, eating chili. It's where if you're going to be watching, I think that's like, for for instance, for like sports for me, as far as basketball and hockey go. But as far as watching basketball and hockey in summertime, I don't want to be inside watching. I don't want to be outside. Right. Like it's too, it's too warm to just be sitting inside watching sports. It took me. That's why I'm missing all these games. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been hard to like get back into the groove of this when I'm so accustomed to having like just baseball on. You can watch it if you want. It's all jammed in there together too. Yeah. Like you're waiting for winter, uh, waiting for winter sports to happen. 
So you need a break. So when you come back to it, it's that much more special. But it's, it's just tough when you're so close to the playoffs. And it's like, what do you do? Do you just keep going? Do you forfeit? <coughs> if this stuff happened at the beginning of the of the league, you could probably cancel it. No big deal. But uh, it's a trip. It's just I'm just waiting for football because football's just gonna dictate everything and the playoffs will be over and it'll just be football going on that's what that's when it's going to be a little bit weird for me yeah after this rush of everything (laughs) got a little bolt of energy here with the pups (laughs) she's feeling it Gibson's excited she can't wait for football either yeah That's that's, that's her safe word is football sports fall winter well I'd say we could uh, probably wrap this up here probably finish out this game got a rest of the third period about 18 minutes left so hopefully the Avs uh, hold on and we push it to game game uh, game four where it's 2-1 Gibson's just so happy (laughs) talking about sports yeah, right on. Well, until right. next time. Till next time. Later, guys. Yeah.